and slowly through Matthew, because and in that time, it is surprisingly how many times the Lord has coordinated, because man can't do that, the scripture with the events. Are you okay? You can witness of that. Eh? How many times that has happened? That the, the Lord has done that. Um, so this morning, I want you to page to Matthew 18. And just to give you a little bit of background, what's going on here is, Peter, just am I on this monitor? I think I'm on this monitor. Just take me off the monitors. His kingdom, in his political kingdom, to take over the, it's, it's this monitor, yeah. Just go to this monitor. Just help him there, kid, please. Um, or switch it off. Thank you. All right. Is that better? All right. Is that better? Everybody happy? Hello, 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 hello. Hello. All right. There we go. That's much better. So they're looking for him to come and take over Israel, to subdue the Romans, to become the king, like King David, to sit on this throne, and um, they're starting to vie for position. Big example is that Judas. Judas was going for the position of minister of finance. He was, that's, that's what he was aiming at, to be the minister of finance. And when he saw this ship coming down, Jesus' popularity is going, and Jesus is not going to become this earthly king. Okay, He thought, well, let me get some bucks out of this. Sounds familiar, eh? Let me get some 30 pieces of silver, and I'll be on my way. Thank you for the ride, Jesus. But he's not the only one. It's easy to look at Judas and say, oh, Judas, Judas, Judas. But other places in the gospel, they even get their moms to come and talk. <laughs> you know, little, mommy, why don't you go talk to Jesus? Jesus, can you make my sons to be the one that sits on the left and the right hand when you come? Can this one be your vice president? Can this be your chief counselor? This is what they're seeing. You see, the scripture says, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. Now, that's not one day in the by and by. It's the kingdom of God right here, right now. So if you're not born again, you will not understand tithing. You'll give some, but you won't tithe. Because you don't understand the principle of tithing. Or you'll start arguing about, you have a tithing there and tithing this and tithing. You cannot tithe your time. Your whole life belongs to Him. All right? So when somebody tells you, yeah, but you know, it's not always money. No, they're not understanding the Scripture. Because your whole life belongs to the Lord. Not a part and partial of the time you have to give to Him. Tithing refers to your income. Okay? So you won't see the kingdom of God for praying for people. Because somebody will say to you, will you pray for me? Yes, I'll pray for you. And then they leave and you don't, you're like, but when you understand, when you see the kingdom of God, you say, well, let me lay your hands on you right now. Right now. Let me pray for you right now. How many conversations have you had where people say, I'll pray for you, and they never, well, they don't pray for you right there and then. So how do you know they prayed for you? Or they phone you. No, no, we'll pray for you. Uh-uh. Where are you now? Are you driving? Don't close your eyes. I'm going to pray. Okay? <laughs> because if you close your eyes now, I'm going to have to pray the prayer of resurrection. <laughs> okay? So, it's when you see the kingdom of God that you do something. You enter into it. But you have to be born again. All right. So let's go to Matthew 18, verse 1. And I want to say that this scripture, this piece of text, 
On the 5th of August this year, I was saved 24 years. I remember being saved maybe a week or two or three, driving with a missionary training guy called Tiens Engelbrecht and asking, asking him, how long have you been saved? And he, at that time, it was 20-something years. And I thought to myself, I will never get there. Being a fresh convert, not understanding that the Lord will not let you go. So when you get saved, proper saved, there's a God that is faithful even though you are unfaithful. I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. I thought, well, I'll have to do it in my own strength. I must walk this Christian road. You know? It's tough. Tough. I must hang on to Jesus for 20 plus years. No, no, no. He says, I have got you in my righteous right hand and no one will pluck you out. The Amplified says, I will not relax my grip upon you. I'll take hold of you and I've got you. Now, I can promise you, in 24 years, this man has drifted very far. And I crack myself here. Then the Lord's got me right next to him. Son, you're mine. This scripture in the last 24 years, I cannot remember a week where I've been as broken and torn apart in the last 24 years as this week with this scripture. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst and said, Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, none of us need a teacher or a preacher, or a message to explain the context of this, or what's written there. None of us. You, it's, it's self-explanatory. And then I say, Lord, please speak to me. I need to, I need, I don't want to just read and understand and carry on. I want your perspective. And two words jump out at me. In verse 3 is, And surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children. And in verse 4, therefore, humble yourself. You see, Jesus is talking to these disciples that have been walking with him. We can estimate three years by now, two and a half years, you know, a little bit this way, a little bit that way. And he says to them, your perspective is that of an earthly kingdom. You want to be great in this world. You want to be great and you need to be converted. You need to be converted. You need to shift from that place. And the Lord speaks to me and says, that's you. I said, Lord, I, I don't understand. You need to... Show me. I need to open my eyes. I want to see. I want to see what you say. And in the weeks leading up to this past week, my wife and myself had conversations. And she says, well, you know what? Some people, when you talk to them, or when they come near you, you become like an ice cube. Your whole being just cuts off and says, Futsak. So I don't do that. Never in your life, woman. Me. Never. I am the friendliest guy you ever meet. I'm the most, I love people. I welcome everybody. You know, I'm really the easiest guy to get along with. As long as I get my way. You know? <laughs> you know, it's like most men, you know? <laughs> as long as he gets his way, it's makluk. No, he's a very easy guy to get along with. So I said, Lord, please show me this. Just show me what my wife is saying because I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. So yesterday we had uh, a gala. And this is why I say the Lord, we're taking Scripture. And the Lord coordinates our lives and brings stuff. And 
I really feel led in that sense. And we're at the gala, and my role is akin to an MC at the gala. You know, apparently, I can speak on a mic. <laughs> so they asked me to do that there as well. And there's this certain guy that plays a certain role in the place, and he only comes to certain galas. But he's got this huge biesnalt. Can I say that in Afrikaans? It's a biesnalt. We what's a biesnalt. Who knows what that is? Okay, it's an injection you inject cows with. Okay, he's got one of those long ones, and he comes and sticks it in you and sucks the life out of you. He's got like a Kirby vacuum cleaner on the other end of that thing. Just suck the life out of you. Who knows people like that? Okay, you know people like that? Now, this mod comes and I'm standing there and he comes next to me and says, so you're the MC? And I'm like, somebody's got to do it, you know? <laughs> and I realize the atmosphere change. <laughs> And this oak is trying to converse with me. And I'm like, Futsak! <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm standing there. Futsak! I need, you're draining me. I don't, I don't really want to get involved in this conversation because it's going to drag out and it's going to drag on. And you know those conversations? It feels like pulling teeth. It's just going to go, oh. So the guy turns around and he walks away. And at that moment, I turn to my wife and say, am I doing it now? Is this what you're talking about? Yes. This is what I'm talking about. You see, when we don't understand this, then we take a position where we think we need to be treated in a certain way. We need to be spoken to in a certain way. You see, I'm stuck in this place. Now, that can be because of a lot of things. It can be because of inferiority, or it can be because, you know what, maybe you and I have come and we've beaten a couple of things in our lives and we've gone forward and a little bit. And so we, we just the one step up, yeah. Just one step up. And you're not meaning to that. All you're saying is that, man, I really don't have the energy for that. I, I, you tire me, you know. In the politest way, mate. And the Lord says to me, see, that is a certain kind of pride that has entered your life. Because you've walked this road and you've learned some stuff about the Word of God. You see, that, that pride will be rooted in, I've got some knowledge of the Scripture. I've got deeper revelation. That pride will lead you to think that you can talk to people in a certain way or demean them in a certain way. Or it might even lead to depression because depression is an outflow of pride. You see, because I'm most, yeah, why is my life not here? And there's a disconnect and suddenly I can suffer of some form of depression. And I think I can talk to my spouse or to my children or to my neighbor or to the stranger or the lady at the till or the guy that fills my gas in a certain manner because I'm just here. I'm just here. My bank account is just a little bit higher than yours. So I'm here. I'm driving a little fancier car than you, and I'm just up here. And Jesus never ever thought of himself of speaking in some way to people that gave the impression that he's talking down to them. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has got no bed to lay his head. Jesus didn't assume that he can have some benefits. He only said what he heard his father say. He only did what he saw his father do. What is he doing? He's being like a child. He's being like a child. And I'm standing there and I'm saying, Yo, Lord, how do I measure this? How do I measure this? Well, it's easy, son. How do you talk to your children? 
When you're all worked up, how do you speak to your wife? When you're super, super frustrated, how do you treat the lady at the toll? Or are you feeling entitled to some position, some greatness, some dignity that is owed you? Because Jesus never did that. He never did that. He was like that child. Innocent. But we'll get to that. You see, and I'm standing there and I was like, Lord, there's something wrong with me. He son, you need to be converted. You need to relinquish this position in your own mind of how people ought to treat you and speak to you because of, you know what, you've come a long way. you got your own house now, so you're a little bit better than those that rent. I'm a landlord now, <laughs> not a tenant. He said, I said, Lord, please would you show me what a child is like in the Bible, from Scripture. Would you show me? Because I want to move from that place. I want to be converted from my education, where I think I am intelligent and wise and I know everything. Jesus knew everything. Amen. I want you to understand that he left his omniscientness. That means to have knowledge about everything in heaven when he came to earth. He left it there. He didn't bank on his knowledge of everything. I am the most intelligent person in the room. He left it and became like a child. His ability to debate or to reason is far beyond any man. He left it there in heaven. And he only did what, and say what he heard his father say. So he speaks to that woman at the well. Remember the woman at the well? The one, this is now, she's had five husbands already. We can be very unkind towards her. In modern society, we will be. That woman has been had five husbands. Probably a primantis. She eats them up and spits them out. <laughs> you know, we can be very unkind towards that. She goes to the well in the middle of the day for one reason. Because at dawn, when all the other women go, she's not welcome. They skin it about her. There comes that woman. Huh? Hold on to your husbands. <laughs> so she's not welcome at the well. At dawn, she goes in the middle of the heat of the day, and Jesus goes to her. And he starts speaking to her. And she says, and she's racistic towards him. You Jew, why are you talking to me? And in this conversation, the way he speaks to her, the way he treats her, you see, he has not come to her with, you need to treat me in a certain way. I am Jesus. No one is like me. And I deserve to be treated better than anybody else. He doesn't come there. He doesn't even take offense when she calls him, you Jew. He just keeps on talking. And he says to her, if you, long conversation, short, you ask of me and I'll give you living waters. And she ends the conversation with calling him Lord. Not because he came across, because he has left that he's humble in that. There's a humility in him. And it's so easy, we, 
look at the world. And we are these disciples. Lord, who's the greatest in your kingdom? And the Lord said to me, and you see, this is how it happens. Because it's easy to say, that's not me. It's easy to say, that's not me. And Johari's window, who knows Johari's window? Put up your hand if you know Johari's window. Johari's window is a, a quadrant that they've drawn up from a psychological point of view. The first one is, you know, I know. Okay? So, you know and I know I've got red hair. Okay? The next quadrant is, I know you don't know. I know I wear a size 11 shoe. You didn't know that. Okay? Then there is, you know I don't know. I did not know that when I get into that situation, the room changes and it's almost hostile. But my wife knew that. And then there's the, I don't know, you don't know window. I don't know how I will react if I win 10 million. Nor do you. What else? Okay, so in this window where we are blind, it's the you know, I know, don't know window. Or the window, I don't know, nor do you know. We can be easily blinded in that space. And I said, Lord, am I viewing your kingdom like these disciples? I said, son, every time you compare yourself, because I look at other ministers, other people in my profession, and what they're achieving. I'm looking at other churches on the South Coast and how they're developing and where they're going. And I'm saying, Lord, what about me? Oh, you think you're entitled to that. You think you, you're something. Lord, is that, is that, is that the, that's the pride in me? You need to be converted. Like, oh, Lord, I need to be humble myself. I'm humble, I need to become like a child. In 24 years, I have not been at peace, in pieces like I am today, this week. The Lord just talked to me, he said, son, you need to see this. So Father, would you show me what a child is like in your word? Now, I'm sure if you go, you'll find a million more things in the Bible. I want to share four things the first thing is honor children are honorable towards their parents years ago Gonzalo and myself always been involved with kids even before we were married we were we involved with children she was like the uh, the commando layer of the four trackers okay so that's like the head, head scout of the scouts she was running everything and organizing. So we've, we've, and from there we worked with uh, um, children, and I've done millions and millions of hours of children's camps, and we've worked with kids. And the one place I was involved was in Mayerton, and there was this family where the dad were, had a nowhere lifestyle. He, you know, and I want to be kind. I, the dad, because the dad was just, mom and dad were living in a little hut with their three kids they didn't have enough food the kids unclothed um they were going nowhere and i'm having a conversation with a six-year-old boy and i say son what do you want to be one monday so i want to be like my dad honorable see children have honor in spite of achievement my son's who knows parenting is hard? Okay? Everybody that's got children longer than one day knows parenting is hard. All the experts on parenting have no children. <laughs> and um, my kid will never. <laughs> no, my kid will never. You must do this with your child. My friend, one of my friends had a, he had a, a dinner somewhere and they had a 19-year-old, 18-year-old girl stand up and say, 
why she's successful is, and she started giving parenting tips. <laughs> it's like 18 year old. Uh, but it's like right there, where's the bucket? A bath bag, eh? Because <laughs> you know nothing what you're talking about. So I've made severe mistakes with my children. I'm sure you have too. Done stuff that you never thought and swore to yourself you'll never do. Yet one of the things that grinds my wife the most is when my eldest stands up and says, my dad says. <laughs> it's honor. Children have honor in spite of us being perfect. Being, we ought to have honor towards the Lord. Let's go to the first in Malachi. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts unto you. <coughs> See, God is saying, we need to shift our heart to him and honor him. So part of our music thing that we have is to sing around Jesus. So that there be no ambiguity in this church. Who are we worshiping? Because the word God is undefined. God this, God that, God. Who are you talking about? So we put the name of Jesus there. So we know who we're talking about. We have to honor the Lord with our first fruits. We have to honor Him with our lives. We honor Him with our time. Honor Him in the way we conduct ourselves. Our attitudes. We have to have reverential fear towards us. And my dad says... Every time you and I jump in a conversation about the calamity of this country, I'm dishonoring God. <coughs> because His word over this country is that I know the thoughts that I have towards you of good and not of evil. To prosper you, to give you a hope, to give you a future. There are many prophetic words over South Africa. Every time I start speaking about the slow coast and there's no jobs on the south coast, you know, and the, and the economy is going down the tubes, and I'm dishonoring the, 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 the government. I'm not having honor towards God. You see, we need to shift that. You see, we need to be converted. We need to leave this position of, I am so intelligent, I'm so clever, I'm so analytical, I can't compare South Africa to any other country, and therefore that's why it's supposed to be better. And if you'd only do this, and only, and I have my opinion, I'm dishonoring the Lord. I'm not having a heart of honor towards my Father. When I speak down towards any person, if I raise my voice, it doesn't matter what the conditions are. If I lose my temper and start swearing at people. Does, now, it's easy to stand up here and preach that, isn't it? Until you're married. And it's three o'clock in the morning. And we're having kadooks, bong, 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 bong. And then the light summer comes in the room as well, wants to tune you. Then it was, praise God. Ne? It's very easy. That's why we need to be converted. We need to be moved from this place that I am the bee's knees to a place of humility as child of God and have honor to God. How do I show my honor? It's how I honor the people that can't do anything for me. That's how I show honor. How, where did you get that, Wilco? Well, Jesus says, remember when you fed me? Remember when you visited me in jail? And when you gave me food or clothing? When did I do that? When you did it to the least of these. You did it unto me. Unwittingly, unknowingly, many people in the Old Testament hosted angels. Catered for angels. Unknowingly, they did that. If they had an attitude of... The stories in the Bible where Abraham and those guys say, Sir, 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 before you depart, come, just come to my house. Let me feed you. Not knowing that that is actually an angel. You see, and easily, well, you walk, you're doing this and you're doing that, and pride can enter your heart. No, no, no. There's an honor towards the Lord. The second one is dependency. 
If you have a little baby, that baby is utterly dependent on you for survival. It can't clean itself, it can't bath itself, it can't feed itself. And if you had to leave it to its own devices, it would die within days. It's, that's dependency. You see, we must become childlike and be dependent on our Father. John 15 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So I read a Facebook post of some person in the last week or two. And this is what the Facebook says. I mean, all of us are on Facebook, yes? Most of us on Facebook, we read posts. But this lady says the following. This lady says the following. I have given Christianity another chance and it's not for me. For I am not created weak. See, there's some truth in that. You aren't created weak. You're created with strength and abilities and you can do stuff and you can achieve stuff and you can study and you can learn and you can work hard and you can build yourself a nice life. But then you are viewing it with earthly eyes and you're not seeing the kingdom of God because in the kingdom of God you, we can do nothing in the kingdom we can't even change ourselves if you are not an early morning person try to just change yourself to become an early morning person or maybe you're not a late night person just change yourself to become a late night person I'll give you three days. Ne? <laughs> Crash lands. Too tired. Can't function. Because that's not... A, we can't even change ourselves. You got a bad temper? Go change that. Just go change it. Make the decision now to change it. Walk out the door and see if you changed. I guarantee you, within two, three weeks, you'd lose your temper proper again. You see, but with God, David writes, I storm a troop. I jump over a wall. I come to my Goliath. You come to me with a this and a that, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. You see, with God, I can do stuff. But that's in the spirit. It's a spiritual thing. You, you and I can't save ourselves. We can't enroll ourselves in heaven and go to the Lamb's book of life, open it, and write our names in. Like a registered work. Just sign here. You can't do it. We can't do that. There's a dependency on my salvation. There's a dependency on my life. That's why Jesus says, my kingdom is not food and drink. He's not, he's, he's not saying, listen, we're going to have big parties. And you're all going to become fat cats. He's not saying that. He says, my kingdom is a kingdom of love, joy, peace, and righteousness. Unless you're born again, you can't see that. So without me, you can do nothing. There's a dependency. Father, I want to be dependent on you. I want to depend on you. I can't, I can't even promote the ministry. I can't make the church full. Nothing that I can do. See, son, you, you know, because you're tall, you know, maybe people will listen to you. No. No. It's without him, we can't do anything. The next thing the children are is satisfied with very little. Barbecues don't need a lot. I mean, we, from wanting to be good parents, we, we get them the room. Just, you know, acknowledge if you know what I'm talking about. You get them the room and you get them the little cot when barbecues on the way. You know, we paint it and, you know, suddenly mommy turns into a mossy. Ne? Because if Papa with Alice do, must make everything right. Because my, my little 
birdie, yum yum, is going to be so comfortable and beautiful, and all the clothing, and we have baby showers, and everything must be right because Baba is coming. And what do they know about that? Absolutely nothing. All they want. <laughs> yeah, see, that's an amen in baby, <laughs> in baby language. All they want is love, food, to be accepted, and feel safe. That's all they want. Right there. That's all they want. It's all they need. Yet, we need more. And we want more. And we miss God's call. Say, so, Father, but why is, I spoke to somebody this week, this church down here is putting all this new sound and new chairs, and, and I'm quickly doing the math in my head. That's a lot, a lot of money. So how do they do it? How do they fund it? Lord, why can't we grow up there? Why? And the Lord's talking to me. He says, see, you're not content. You're not satisfied with what I've got for you. You're not being a child. Much stuff that I've known, you got it right, but I'm torn apart. Father, I'm seeing this. Where am I not content? Some people aren't even content with their spouses anymore. Not even I had this other wife or this other husband. Some people, they somehow want the other pastor at work. <laughs> They're not even happy with the pastor or the church. Or, you know? <laughs> or their job. They're earning top dollar and they're still not satisfied. You see, and this is what I want to share with you. Because I'm talking to the Lord. Say, Lord, but you've made me quite ambitious. Sir. I had to get to know that that's part of who I am, is ambitious. You see, ambition and being content are not opposites. Being discontent is the opposite of being content. Children are satisfied with very little. Very little. And you need to convert, you need to humble yourself, son. You need to become like this little baba. Give me the next scripture, please. He says, and I want you to read this. It's three verses. But godliness with contentment is great gain. You see, if we are realize that first seek the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33, and everything will be else, else will be added. What are those everything else? Those are the food that I'll eat, the house that I'll stay, and the clothes that I'll wear. Amen. Okay? And, you know, funnily enough, we don't like to go to a PEP boutique or JET boutique or AC Kerman's. You know, we want to go to something not content. If we understand that godliness with contentment is already gaining, I'm already gaining. I'm going to go already. And the Lord's showing me, son, can you see that you cannot buy godliness? You need to be converted. And I'm like, yes, Lord. I'm shattered. I'm shattered. How am I going to stand there on Sunday, Lord? How am I going to face my wife and my children? I'm shattered. You need to be converted. You need to humble yourself. Go to the next one. For we brought nothing into this world. This is how what you're going to have, son. Son, you brought nothing into this world. You came in kalbas. You don't even have the butter that you came in anymore. And then certainly we can carry nothing out. Not even the suit that you get buried in are you taking with you. Verse 8. And having food, arraignment means a house, a place to stay. Let us be therewith content. 
Godliness and contentment is already gain. What are you going to gain? You're going to gain a joy. Because you're going to gain happiness. Children are so happy because they're not sitting. You can even give them a hand-me-down bicycle. If they've never had a bicycle, they're happy. Years ago, I just got saved. Neville, that's the head of Living Words, his wife, Rina. She runs the um, NPO of Living Word, a Brumeria called Fanunani. And they were doing a gift run in Shoshanguvi in Pretoria over December. And I just got saved. And a couple of friends of mine said, come along, come along. You know, we're going to give out some gifts to these little black kids. And I'm like, I've got really, I don't want to go. It's not where I want to be. It's not something I want to do. That, that doesn't talk to me. I don't want to be there. Frankly, I don't want to be there. But I go. I'm, I'm this unsaved guy. And I go with Trevor and Renee and Rina. And it's a whole group of people, probably 50 people into Shoshanguvi. And they got all these little chokerkis come out. And they start giving them gifts. And those little boys and girls are so ecstatic about these gifts. And I'm in a heap crying. Broken. Because they are satisfied with so little. Son, you're not acting like my child. Because you're not being satisfied with what I've given you. What you have in your life. You need to convert. You need to humble yourself. Be satisfied with what you have. The last one I want to share with you this morning is innocence. Children are innocent. They don't put up a mask. If a child doesn't like you, you know all about it. <laughs> My own son, Benjamin, growing up as a, as a little boy, as a baby, did not like me. Okay, I can tell you at length the story, but I'm going to just condense it and give you a couple examples that even as a baba baba, two weeks, three weeks, six months old, if his mother gave him to me and she had to go somewhere, he would scream for four hours until she comes back. She would touch the door and stop screaming. Okay, so... He didn't like me. So what I did is I checked a nappy, I checked the food, I checked the temperature. You saw it, I put him in his pram, I put him in his room, I pushed him to the window. I opened the window for him and I closed the door on my way out. Okay? And once an hour I'll go, look, he's still hucked fast like a rotary engine. Ah! Good. He didn't like me. We came on holiday, we're walking on Ivongo Pia, and he could just start talking. And he looks at me. I have just bought him ice cream. I'm a good dad. He looks at me and says, you are not my dad. <laughs> okay? So much so that my wife started doubting herself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Kids don't have filters. they innocent. They don't have social masks. I'm standing under that gazebo and I'm smiling to this gentleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my inside is screaming, Futzak, go away. There's no innocence there. You can, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. But we've become so diplomatic. Put on the facade. You see, the thing is not to drop the facade. The thing is to have your heart purified. Amen. To become innocent. Lord, son, you need to convert. You need to let go of this entitlement. You need to let go of this thing that you look at the world and its system and you think you need to be treated and talk to and viewed in a certain light and you need to humble yourself 
so that you might be seen as a child. You know, one of the biggest compliments as a parent, and I'm sure you guys know that, is when they say, that's your child. The way they conduct themselves, the way they walk, or the way they look. It's a compliment. It does something on the inside of you. That's your child over there. He is just like you. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. That's what God wants. He wants the world to see you and say, you're a child of God. I can see him in you. The apple doesn't fall far. I can see his image in you. The way you treat people, the way you talk to people, the way you humble, the way you're not assuming that people, the way that you treat your wife, the way that you treat your children, the people around you, the way you wave at your neighbor when you drive past them, even though you don't like them. Okay? Because you're shining your light. You're shining. Are you following? God wants that. He wants an innocence. Romans 16 19 says, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. So everybody knows about your obedience. I want you to understand obedience will make you wise in what is good. Look at that. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good. An innocent, simple, stupid concerning what is evil. We've received another person into our life. Comes from a different background, a different worldview. Now come into our lives that we're also helping and assisting. And the stuff that comes out of the mouth, I'm like, I know nothing about that. I've forgotten what it is to come from that world. I've forgotten what it is with all the stuff of the world because we don't live in that realm anymore. Does it make sense? I've forgotten it, what it is like when mom and dad gets drunk and they have fights or when they get high and the violence that is involved. And that, Yes, I can remember that, but I, I've forgotten about that. You see, because there's an innocence that comes when we become obedient. We must become innocent. We must ask the Lord. Or maybe I mustn't say we. I must say, I need to become. Ask the Lord. Lord, my heart needs to be innocent again. Son, you need to convert and you need to humble yourself. Become like a child. In 24 years, I have not been so shattered as I've been this week. As I've seen. God has showed me something about me. And I'm not making this message about me. I'm making this message about the text and how it can apply to one. But He showed me as His son. Can you see that you need to convert and humble yourself and not look with earthly eyes, seeking an earthly place and an earthly kingdom? You want to be great in my kingdom? This is how you become great. You become like a child. I'm going to read you and recap that, just those four things again. You see, one of the texts before I go there that got me was that all fall short of the glory of God. So, in, in, in God's talking to me, He said, There's no one humble, not even you, son. You're not humble. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short of humility. So, how to be a child? The four things is the honor. Dependency, contentment, and innocence. I want to pray and we're going to close off the service. Father, we thank you. 
Thank you for this word, Lord. Lord, I ask that you would that you would help me and your people to convert, leave our stance, leave our places, whatever we think, Lord, and where we view your kingdom with earthly eyes. And we want to become like children. We want to be great in your kingdom, Lord. We want to become like children. Holy Spirit, I can't do it, but you can. You can touch our hearts now. You can speak to our hearts. You can cut out the heart of stone. You are the potter and we are the clay. As we stand and sit here, Lord, as we gather here this morning, come and be the potter. Come mold us, Lord. Come be the one that when we drive out today, this word will not leave our minds. It will, it will just mull in our heads, mull in our spirit, Lord, so that we can see and f we know that you are a good father, that you will remove, that you make us into your image from glory to glory. We thank you, Lord. We're going to take up an offering at the door this morning. And I want to pray over that. Whatever you decide to give this morning. Father, thank you for the honor and the privilege to sow into your kingdom, to be obedient, to see what you say. Thank you for your provision for us, Lord as individuals, as families, as a congregation. Lord, as we sow into your kingdom, we ask your multiplication. We ask your blessing in your favor. And I bless your children this morning, Lord. I bless them with the love of our Father. For you so loved us, that you gave us your son. With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he gave his life to ransom us. And I bless your children this morning, Lord. With the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, I will not leave you orphan. I will send you the parakletos. The Holy Spirit to be with you. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's go have some coffee. We'll take up the offering at the door. Thank you so much. God bless you guys.